folks. Over the last week, we saw Jason Chadwick traded away, and we saw Sawyer Bean decide he wanted to go off against the Predators in a heated series. What a week it was in the MLW world, and today we are here to talk about it. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Okay, to start this episode off, we obviously wanted to get into some trade talk first. So with me is my host, Jack Agner, as always. Yes, pleasure as always, Tom. Absolutely, absolutely. And with us is now Jason Chadwick, who is the man involved in this trade, and also Brendan Jorgensen, who expressed that he wanted to share his thoughts <laughs> as the other, as another player that was kind of involved in this trade as a teammate of Chadwick. So a lot to discuss here, a lot to unpack, and I think there's a lot of opposing feelings um, between the, the players on the Zoom call. So first, I want to start with Chaddy. He is the man at the forefront of this whole thing. So Chadwick, um, let's back it up pre-trade. So the Magic, you guys were swept by the Wildcats. That made your guys' record fall to the 2-10 and 10 on the year. Thanks, Jordy, for helping me out. Um, so what's going through your mind leaving the Meadows that day? And was this something that was kind of premeditated, or was it more of, in the heat of the moment, just being upset with the situation? Yeah, so obviously um, we, had, we still had a chance going to the Wildcats series. Um, it wasn't a big chance by any means. But, I mean, if we would have taken even just two out of three, we would have still had a chance to make the playoffs. And so once we got swept, obviously that completely eliminated us from, from the playoffs. <laughs> um, Correct. And so I, so like, I kind of just, I, I just realized where the organization was from, from a whole um, the days following. And I realized we had no draft picks. Um, Obviously, we traded those for Trevor, which is on us because we're the ones that made the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after like like last season, Trevor just he was our best player in, the, in mm-hmm. the playoffs. He lit it up for us. And this year, we just never really seemed to to gel as a unit like we did last year when we made that run into the ALCS. Um, and not having draft picks, it's kind of like the definition of insanity. Just trying to do the same thing next year with the same exact roster expecting a different result and obviously teams are going to get better with, with the draft we've seen that every year there's like we just got the best football player in the world like I don't I don't think uh teams are going to get worse going into next year so I just didn't really see a pathway for us to be that competitive at least being a contender going into next season without making any changes of, of any sorts and Jack was that kind of the energy in the magic clubhouse as a whole yeah, I think um honestly Jason like what Jason said was was pretty accurate and pretty fair um to just kind of roll over into next season without uh trying to get new draft picks or adding anyone like he said would probably look a little insane um because it clearly didn't work this year. Uh, and uh candidly uh Trevor was you know someone we had uh invested a lot into and really it kind of came down to Jason being our only uh, marketable asset, so to speak. Um, So between him kind of realizing that he kind of wanted to explore other opportunities and um, myself realizing that, you know, the team as it stands right now, isn't going to cut it in the league and some changes needed to be made. Um, as we kind of said before, it wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't a hostile thing at all. It was, uh, it was very mutual. I think Jason would agree with that. 
I think at the end of the day, he's happy with the organization that he's moving on to, um, which is also important. You know, Jason did a lot for the for the Metro Magic franchise. So I want to make sure he's happy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, everything he said was was definitely accurate. And so, Jason, um, when exploring trades, was the Gators kind of your target destination or were you looking to just get out of the magic any way, shape or form? Um, what was that process? So, yeah, it was it was definitely wasn't that I just like wanted to just completely dip. Like it was <laughs> definitely like like I obviously love like love the team that Jackson the reason I'm in this league right now. It was more so just wanting to find a place where like I can still compete and have fun at the same time Mm -hmm. and obviously like we all know me Jorgie and Chris like we've all been best friends growing up it's like we already have that that chemistry and um and we all we all basically know what each other is going to do on a football field so like when obviously like when when the Gators came up um like I told Jack I was like only trade me like if you're getting enough in return like, I don't want to just True. force my way out and then you just get a bag of peanuts because that's not going <laughs> to help, like, the organization at all. So, like, one, once he once everyone agreed on a deal, and I, like, obviously, I definitely think that was a very, very good return that went back to Jack. Um, I, think it, I think it worked out. So, it was, it was kind of a combination of me wanting to play for the Gators and it kind of working out for both sides. Yeah, I think it's a good fit uh, for you. It's very similar to, and I guess this creates kind of an awkward situation now, but it's very similar to the same reasons why I sent Trevor to the Magic in the first place, right? Because we were in the same boat as the Magic. We were out of the postseason completely with not a bright future ahead of us. Um, So with Trevor, you know, knowing and having relationships with you and Liam and Curdy and that kind of stuff, um, it just made sense. So I can see why you'd want to bounce to the Gators where you have other are there like existing chemistry already in place? Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So to talk more about the trade now, um, I guess maybe I can be the last one to speak here and I'll let Jack speak first and you chatty, but more so Jack as, as the manager of the magic. Um, mm. Talk about how you were able to get what you got from the Gators. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously we needed to do something. We needed to move someone to get some draft picks that happened to be Jason. He also, you know, was willing to part ways. Um, the Gators were one of the first teams that actually reached out to me. Um, Brendan Zerlag reached out for, to me saying that he was interested in Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Um, and as any, you know, good negotiator does, I was, uh, <laughs> I was asking for probably way more, um, than Jason was worth originally. And, um, cause I, I really didn't want to just let him go for, for cheap. Like he said, a bag of peanuts. I wasn't going to let sandwich. that happen. Yeah. Ham sandwich. Uh, he's worth much more than a ham sandwich. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was kind of just, uh, through those negotiations and, um, also, you know, our trades kind of have to be approved by by the back office, the, the commissioner, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, just to make sure that, you know, no one's really getting super fleeced, I guess, as they're saying mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Um, what the streets are saying. <laughs> we can. Yeah, we can debate that, too, because I know I've seen a lot of comments. I know Georgie wanted to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about <laughs> that, but that was really how it worked. Um, they kind of came it was kind of like, you know, Jason let, let me know that he wanted to be traded. The Gators expressed interest. Um, 
not really a lot of other teams did. Um, and then it was kind of just me and Zerlag agreeing on uh, our trade and, you know, putting it, try to get it approved through the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And then um, once that happened, it was kind of like signed, sealed, delivered. And uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty easy process, honestly, for, for the Good. most part. Seamless. Yeah, pretty seamless. Um, OK, so once again, this is not me speaking my opinion, net, but this is me expressing, I think, the opinions of others. But yes, the streets are saying the comment section is saying that, you know, the Gators got fleeced in this trade, giving up two picks for Jason. That's not everyone's opinion. I have seen some people that are like happy for the Gators and stoked for a playoff push here, potentially with the addition of Chadwick. But I think the majority of opinions are swaying towards that the Magic won this trade. So now, Jorgensen, you were clearly upset with this reaction from the fans. And I want to talk about why that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to back the Gators organization. You know, and I, Okay, really, and to, to clarify, are you speaking on behalf of the Gators organization or are you speaking on behalf of just yourself in your opinion? Uh, the organization. I mean, Zerlag's okay. our captain. You know, okay. we when when Jason was put on the block, obviously me and Chris were pushing. Zerlag was on board. We kind of we kind of work as like a gelled unit in the Gators organization. Okay. So, I, I've seen both ways. I've seen people say that like the Gators won because you know we got another really good player, and then mm-hmm. when people saying the Magic got fleeced. So our thought <laughs> process is. You know, when it comes to the draft, it's tough. Obviously, like, there's really good people that come out of the draft. You know, Dallas Allen, Sawyer, you know, the original Winter League draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, but we honestly don't know exactly where we would go. Like, Miser, like, and Chris don't really have a good knowledge of who to pick. Like, if we were to make a pick this year, we'd probably just end up asking, like, Kyle or something to, like, help mm-hmm. us out with that. So, you know, not knowing a lot of people, you know, Jordan Robuses don't grow on trees out here, so... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what we would really do with that draft pick. And then, you know, the second draft pick, it's like, I don't really know what two draft picks are going to do for us because, you know, that's just going to clog our roster more if we use a draft pick this year. What's what's the difference of doing one next year? We already have me, sort of like Chris and Jason. We already have four people. We don't really want any more than that. We don't want to play five guys out there. And also the people saying that, like, oh, Chad looks washed. We're we are 22-year-old human beings. Mm-hmm. We are not Julio Jones going his 12th year in the NFL at 33. So, I mean, if what Jason showed his rookie year, like I definitely think he can come back to that. Uh, if anything, you're hitting, I think it's better as you get more experience in the league. Your pitching might progress a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, now we got me, Chris, and Jason all in trend. We'll be working the offseason. We'll have some practices together. So I think that, you know, us three will work really well together. And then, Tom, do you remember what – uh? What Jim said last week on the pod, what he says to his guys first when he comes to the field. No, I don't. I don't recall. He just told them, let's have fun out here. And Mm -hmm. I think that (laughs) you get me, Jason, and Chris all on the same team. I think that maximizes the amount of fun we have. And I think we'll be playing more laid back and we'll have a good time out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I liked a lot of, uh, of what you said, actually, Brendan, because, um, for the record, before this was even a request from Jason to be traded, Zerlag would always joke around with me at like all-star games and home run derbies and things like that. Or when we played them about trading for Jason. And of course I was always like, no, because at that point, you know, at those point in times, Jason was very, very crucial to our team. So I couldn't just let him go. Um, so Zerlag, I think has had his eye on Jason for a while. 
And um, we talk all the time, Tommy, about how important chemistry is Mm -hmm. uh, in wiffle ball. And, you know, the three of you guys plus Zerlag, I think will have some some great chemistry. Um, And and I thought your points on the picks uh, were interesting for sure. Um, There is definitely (laughs) sort of a dilemma about, um, like you said, kind of uh, the issue of roster crowding. So. Um, you know, if you keep having draft picks each year, you're essentially having to add someone and cut someone else really, um, which is good in theory, but you know, sometimes those conversations are difficult to have and you might not actually want to cut someone. Um, and like you said, there might not even be a person in that draft pick that, you know, is good enough to add on your team. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've definitely had to rely on other people for scouting purposes for draft picks and free agent ads. I relied on Jason, um, a lot when he was with the magic, I've relied on Kyle. That's kind of how Jason even got on the magic in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, so I see your points there for sure. Um, I think that, uh, for the magic from the magic's perspective, um, we didn't really have any, uh, momentum or anything to really build off of going into next season. Um, and we kind of just need like a new fresh look spark. And when I had really originally made the trade, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I originally made the trade for Trevor, I kind of had a similar outlook as you, Brendan, where, you know, these guys, these wiffle ball guys, don't grow on trees. Like there can't Mm -hmm. be that many more good players. And then what happens the next year is we sign, you know, we get Jordan Robles to like fly in from New York. Um, So to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, if, if the league is progressing, the league is growing each year. That's something we did last year. You know, what are the limits in the next two years? Um, So I've kind of like flipped my mindset on the draft picks. um, And I was really happy to get two of them. And the other thing mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for you guys to finish strong, obviously, but not really that strong because, uh, <laughs> you know, if you guys don't end up making the playoffs, right, that's a that's a number two draft pick for mm-hmm. me. Um, so that's 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 huge for the magic because uh, that there's a lot more possibilities. I feel like, um, you know, between the first and second draft pick as opposed to like six through eight, you know, there's good guys there. Um, but but that makes a dramatic difference. Uh, so I appreciated your points, Jorg. I think those were some good points, but those would kind of be my like counterpoints back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, think those also are... like sorry. I think no, like if we have in the back of their mind that like we need a draft pick to maybe like you know because I obviously didn't have a great year on the mound this year, but if we have in the back of our mind that like oh we need some help pitching, like I feel like that just kind of drains our confidence. I feel like we all know that a staff of me, Jason and Chris can do quite well pitching. We don't need anyone else. And then I think that Jason adds a really good bat along with Zer like me and Chris. I think that it will be just fine. There's also too, I want to mention like, there's not saying like you can't add a player ever. Like you could get a free agent also. There's, you, there's no telling there. Totally. Um, but it was a free agent. Oh, overall, um, when, when looking at it now from a broader perspective and letting the dust somewhat settle on my initial, Thoughts. These are my opinions now, not not the fans, not the streets. Um, I don't think maybe I think maybe the Magic win in short term, but 
long term, you never really know, right? I, I don't think this is a complete fleece and like people are saying it is. Um, because people were saying the same thing about my trade last year. And as the dust has settled, I feel like I'm the one who won this trade. So I um and a lot of that made me appreciate, you know, Jason's talent and his worth was seeing I made that like little highlight video of Jason's best moments on the magic. And like Jason's, that was sweet, by the way. Jason's came up in a lot of like clutch moments and delivered, you know. And and I guess I forget that because you have the recency bias of of this season. But just like I played last season on a bad Mallards team, and like did I perform well? No, I was horrible. So putting yourself in another environment where you think you're going to perform better, where there's better chemistry, where the energy is better, can really change you as a player. And that's kind of how I dealt Trevor too. I don't know, like I don't even know if Trevor was worth two picks at the time. If we talk about I don't know how to gauge these trades. Really, there's not a whole lot to base them off. We of. need a, we need someone to come up with an MLW trade calculator. Exactly. Algorithm. So it's really it's hard. It's <laughs> it's so it's so new and so young. This whole draft and trading thing's only a couple years, only a couple years into this process. So, um, but once again, as soon as I sent Trevor over to the Magic, like that, just like him being able to reset and refocus and be in that fresh environment, like he was a stud right out of the gate. So like all of a sudden it's yep. like, whoa, this kid is worth two picks. You know what I mean? So. I think it's hard to tell, especially short term, even in like this next series, say if Chadwick goes off and carries the Gators through a postseason run, like you never really know. These things take time to really develop and to fully for the dust to settle completely. But I think the fans are being a little bit harsh on Jason. I do. I don't think this is a total fleecing. Like I said, in my opinion, the Magic did win this trade as of right now. But a lot of that's because of the recency bias of this season that Jason has had so far, along with the entire Magic organization. So... So it sounds like it's a win for the Gators because they're happy to have Jason on that team with the chemistry and he has talent. Um, win for the Magic. Now they have picks and a future to look forward to in the rebuilding. So honestly, I got no issues with this trade at, at the moment. I think it's I think it's a win-win. I I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't make me a little bit happy to see like the comments that were all saying that the Magic <laughs> won the trade. Um, but I think, like you said, Tom, with the recency bias, I think a lot of the fans kind of forget what, um, you know, brought Jason to this point and the clutch, how clutch he has been for our organization. Um, and it's sort of like a domino effect. You know, we've seen it. We just as a team didn't have a great year hitting. Um, and I think that rubbed off on Jason because he was kind of supposed to be our, you know, lead hitter. Mm -hmm. um, so a new fresh start. I'm super excited for Jason. I know what he can do at the plate. I think, you know, he can be a top 10 hitter in the league for sure. Um, so I think the, the, the trade was, was pretty fair. Um, but like you said, time will tell. We'll see. Uh, we'll see in a few years who, who really won out. And Jason, most importantly, this is about you. Um, for those saying that the, the magic fleece, the Gators and all this kind of stuff, how's that make you feel? And does it give you a little chip on your shoulder moving this last series? Oh, absolutely, Tom. I mean, obviously, most of the kids um, making these comments are are pretty young. So, like you said, recency bias is incredibly mm -hmm. strong in their minds. And a lot of them um, might not but, even seen the seasons, like in twenty twenty and, and stuff yeah. like that. A lot of them are new but fans. Like, like as as a player, I, I know I'm definitely better than two ten two home runs or whatever I'm at right now. For sure. Um, so like I'm very confident in in myself hitting and I, I know I can I, I will be a lot better than that. And so I think overall, like like you guys said, I think it's a win win because obviously the magic, like Jack said, like they just need new faces, whether it's <laughs> whether, whether whether they're good, bad. Like they, hey, I've been they, there. 
they just yeah. need new energy. Like uh, it's nothing against the magic. It was just very yeah. evident that they just, they just need fresh talent. Um, and so like, I, I think it was a win-win. Um, and I think, I think both sides, both teams and, and I am, I'm very happy with, with how the trade turned out. So. And that's all that matters. All that outside noise. Those are just people talking. Having fun playing wiffle ball. That's right. That really is that, that really is what it's all about. Cause it is wiffle ball at the end of the day. But no, I think, like I said, I was harsh at first. I think a lot of people are being harsh on it. And I think as time passes, people will realize that this trade actually makes a lot of sense for everyone involved. Hence why it happened. Sure. We have some, we have, it's, it's, we have a pretty like aggressive fan base. Like oh, I, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't try to read the comments too much, but I kind of had to for this post just to see like what the initial reaction was. And it was kind of amazing to see like how many people when the magic, you know, were going downhill, were like, Agner needs to retire, make, <laughs> make Curdy manager, like all this stuff. And then this trade comes out and it's like, wow, can't believe Agner pulled this off. Like, what a great trade. When, like all this stuff It's just like completely flipped. It's like, all right, we got to have a little bit of balance here, folks. When, uh, when the first post was coming out saying that I asked for a trade, I got 58 DMs wow. just in that one day. And they were all like, come to the Cobras. Come to the Freds. I'm like, guys. <laughs> it's already been done. Literally, the ADMs. They were like, they were like tagging the managers on the comment section. Yeah, I was getting. Even I was getting DMs. Like, make a move. You, Chadwick will take you guys to the World Series. This is it. You, Robles, and Chadwick. I, I had a fan, a Mallards fan, DM me probably a four paragraph novel. <laughs> say how the say how the Mallards were the right fit because like how you guys have young, fresh talent and the yeah. Mallard Nation will embrace. I love being described as young and fresh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, for, so so it was like five paragraphs and why I should go to the Mallards. I'm like, I'm, it's not even up to me. Like I'm just a player. For the record, for the record, I want to say that, you know, we love the passion from you guys. Absolutely. That's what makes this, that's what makes this channel and brand so great. Mm -hmm. Um, But like Jorgensen said earlier, you got to remember, we are 22 year old (laughs) and younger uh, human beings Uh, here playing wiffle ball. So, well, this is, this is a, this is a general question to wrap up that topic is for you guys over the years, like, are you ones to like comment and like leave these crazy opinions on YouTube videos? Cause literally I never do. I, I have YouTubers that I love and watch every single video. The only comments you'll see from me are like commenting the word giveaway for like to try to win like a free MacBook. Like that's all I'll ever do. Like yeah, I won't I'll, do I'll, anything I'll, I'll in the like comment section. Instagram posts and stuff like yeah. that. I never. No, I've never done that. But people. Never the most have. I'll do, I'll like add it to my Instagram story or something. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's like, like the posts. Like mm-hmm. if it's like lines post or something. I'll never go on like TJ Hawkinson's Instagram. <laughs> like, let's go, Hawk. Like, come on, man. You got you got to catch yeah. you got to catch five balls today, Hawk, or else my fantasy team's screwed. Oh, uh, did you see the one someone DM'd Amon Ross St. Brown? I did see that. That was hilarious. He was like, I just drafted you. And then he gave him the quote from Remember the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. That was so good. See, but that's like genuinely funny. I don't know. Monroe loved it. He thought it was so funny. Yeah, that's funny. But God, I we could maybe in the offseason, I could go through DMs that I received last year. You guys would die laughing. Some of the stuff that I was sent. It was so funny. Player DMs would be a funny segment, no lie. But negative DM segment. 
I got a nickname from Caden from one of the comments because Kyle told us that one of the Gators comments said these these kids in blue are a bunch of hot dogs, and now Caden calls me hot dog every every time he sees me. (laughs) One of the one of the comments Kyle texted me. It was like, um, I at some point you have to feel for the players having to move their entire families and lives to the new team. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. I like that kind of comment. That's funny. Keep commenting, guys. We love it. It's hilarious, and uh, we love the energy. But all right, folks, we're going to wrap up the trade talk. Thank you to Georgie and Chadwick for joining us. Um, we are recording this on Sunday morning. So as always, fellas, let's go Lions. Big day. And uh, one pride. Let's go. Thanks, guys. Yep. Yeah, see, thanks. Ya. see you, fellas. Thanks again to those fellows for joining us. And we are now joined by, I'd say, the new man of the hour. It was Jason there for a couple days, and then Sawyer BN took the reins right from him. Um, what an unbelievable performance, Sawyer. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem, Tom. I like your little setup you got going. You got the jersey hanging on the background. You got a flag. This is nice. He's he's ready for Instagram here. Looks like it's not his first Zoom call here. No, it's not. He's, he's done oh, this definitely before. not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> was that like a thing in, in school when school went virtual, like in high school? Was everyone like decorating their backgrounds? Like hundred percent, hundred percent. That was a thing. Wow, I could see. I could see, especially girls like getting really into that, like wanting like the cute background. No, most of the girls were just like they ha- they went outside. Oh, that's, yeah, the aesthetic. The aesthetic of them, like, sitting on a swing on their porch. There were definitely yeah. girls at college that would do that, too. No lie. But there yeah, were also kids sure. you could tell just got up and woke up, woke up from bed and just, like, sat up and <laughs> opened their laptop. I was kind of in between that. I'd usually wake up, eat breakfast, and then log in. But- I was less worried about my background, more worried about my roommate, like, walking in the back <laughs> after, like, a shower or something. Yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been bad. But anyway... Um, yeah, so for those who have not tuned in to the Cobras versus Preds series, um, spoiler alert, Sawyer went off and the Cobras did sweep the Predators in what was a crazy day, one that I did not expect. And um, Sawyer, before you even share your thoughts and opinions on what went down, I just want to say that I, I'm curious for you guys to give me feedback. And Jack, you can even comment on this too as to what you were thinking about Sawyer as a player. Um, so I had high expectations for Sawyer coming into this league, just seeing his highlights that he was sending. I could tell he was passionate. He ran his own league, all that kind of stuff, but playing him in the first series of the year, which again, the first series is never a good way to gauge somebody, but I guess I was guilty of it. Sawyer did pitch. Okay. But kind of only had the one pitch. And then like at the plate, Sawyer, you, you kind of just look lost to be honest. You know, anything that Jordan was throwing you or myself, I felt like you were just chasing everything going out of the zone and, and missing the ball for a fair margin. So Seeing you go from that to what we saw in the field on Friday in the span of a couple months is just unbelievable to me, and I want to congratulate you on that. But I don't know, Jack, did you see this coming at all? Well, I did. Uh, you know, one of the few series I was able to play in this summer was actually against the Cobras, so I did get a little bit of Sawyer. And um, for sure, the the pitch, uh, you know, that drop ball is very impressive. Um, you know, pitching wise, I thought, all right, this kid could definitely, you know, add some pieces to his arsenal and be a really solid pitcher in the league. But I'd probably agree with you in terms of the batting. It was like um, nothing really spectacular, at least something or, you know, anything that popped out to me um, batting wise where I was like, oh, this is someone to watch out for. But clearly uh, proven uh, very wrong uh, after this series. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see you kind of have a coming out party. How did you do it, Sawyer? How did you go from zero to 100 at the plate? Because that's kind of what it was. I was just in shock the whole day at the Meadows filming. And it was just every at bat you were putting it in play. They weren't all hits. You had a lot of hits, like six or seven. But like ground outs, pop outs, like you were just putting the bat on the ball. What was the, what was the key? What changed? So I just feel like as the season went on, my my hitting just kind of evolved because 
playing in like three different leagues over the summer has definitely it's helped for sure. Like in KWL, I feel like that's helped my reaction time just get a little faster and get around to the ball. And then I just feel like over over the season, I gained more confidence at the plate. I think against the Magic, I had like one or two hits. Mm-hmm. And when I in the one game I hit in against the Cats, I don't think I struck out a single time. And Drew came up to me after that game. And he was like, by the way, against the Preds, you're going to hit every game. Like you're – and that's kind of how my season went. Like I, he just gave me more and more – like responsibilities as the season went on. But that first at bat against Cratch, I was like just trying to pick out his pitches, trying to read what he was throwing to me. And I I couldn't see anything coming out. So I was like, okay, he's hitting, he's hitting, he's hitting the strike zone. I might as well just swing through it. So that next at bat, I came in and I think he threw like one ball the entire at bat and then everything else was a strike. So I was like, I'm just swinging through the zone. Mm-hmm. And I hit that ball and I saw it go up. And as it was going up, I was like, that's not going to get over. It's going to drop and like hit, hit the center field fence. And it just kept carrying and carrying. And I saw it go over and I just lost my mind. Like (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't believe that it actually went over, but Mm -hmm. that series, I just, I got a lot more confident at the plate. I feel like my reaction time was up there because it's a little weird, like hitting an MLW. Like it's not super, it's like fast, but it's like, you see it as it's going by. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to get around to it because you're so close. But I just felt like I got more confidence going through that series and uh, into that last game for sure. I'm going to be honest because when you when I hear you say like he was throwing a lot of strikes, I was like, it's going to be there. Just swing like it sounds funny. And I'm sure listeners are laughing at that statement. Um, but I'm be honest, Sawyer. I, I think <laughs> funny enough, this kind of. What you just said kind of changed my entire confidence and swagger at the plate from last year into this year because if I haven't already said this, guys, I seem to have regained my confidence in the offseason at these tournaments that we played in, the NWLA tournament and then the UFs tournament. Because coming into that, I was coming off of a bad season. I was not hitting the ball well, all that kind of stuff. So, And we're three games into this first tournament at the NWLA, and we're facing a really good team, you know, uh, national talent on the mound he's just mowing me down he's just blowing the ball past me like these nasty cut fastballs pretty much and I go up there for like my third or fourth at bat after just getting struck out looking swinging just ugly ugly at bats and I was like he's just pouring them in like yes it's moving and yes it's gas I'm like but it's right there so literally I'm like I'm just gonna swing for the fences so I go up there and just take an absolute hack essentially with my eyes closed and boom home run very next at bat, home run. And those two hit dingers like totally changed my confidence forever at the plate. So anyway, that was just a funny story I wanted to add. So it's it is more real than you think, because wiffle ball, yes, most things that start that are end up being strikes are starting outside of the strike zones. Like you have to look for you have to trust your knowledge and trust in like your game sense of like, okay, he's trying to throw a strike here, like get ready to hit. Cause like the ball is moving so fast, like you said, and the distance to the plate is so fast you really got to just swing banking on the fact that it's going to be there. Um, another example of that too, and Jack, maybe you have a story to add, but the first home run I hit off of Jonah Heath this season was on like a high and outside slider. And I was thinking to myself, okay, his sliders look so far outside, but if I just swing the bat, like it's going to, I'm going to be able to reach it because it hits the zone somehow. And sure enough, I reach out and hit a ball over the fence. That I didn't even think I could reach. So you kind of have to do that. It's kind of a skill to develop. And I think, um, this is your fourth series of the year, Sawyer. So maybe that's how long it took for you to finally adjust. But I think, do you th- even though your at bats were limited up until that point, like, do you think just seeing pitches throughout the year, like, 
were beneficial to getting to this point? I think it definitely was. I mean, playing Jordan for my first like series, like the first at bat I ever had and the first game I hit in, I feel like I was at a disadvantage there just because I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, I wasn't expecting to hit off a of Jordan and then off a of bottom. It was, it got easier because like his pitches, they move and they're, they're hard. He throws really hard, but like once you catch his pitches, I feel like it's easier to hit. But as the season went on, another thing I noticed is like, I was striking out looking way too many times. Like, mm-hmm they'd throw up like a pitch that I'd swing at. Then I'd take the next two strikes. And I was like, okay, I can't do that anymore. It's better to strike out swinging than looking. And I mean, you can't hit the ball if you don't swing. And I think I've walked, I think once this entire year. So, (laughs) so that's good. I, I was going through Instagram when that video came out and someone posted like an interesting stat. I've had 29 at bats this year and I didn't walk a single time. So I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of funny. But something that I feel definitely helped me was playing in Kalamazoo just because I was facing a lot of pitchers that are throwing, you know, high, like mid eighties to nineties, like Mm -hmm. Nate Thompson, uh, Mike Hogan, like all those guys, they throw hard and you just kind of have to have to trust your gut and swing through the zone. And most of the time you'll make contact. So that's just what I strive for. I look to make contact with the ball. And then if it gets in the air, it's, it gets in the air. It is what it is, but you just try to put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. So did, would you say that, um, you know, drew kind of making the decision to shorten up the Cobras lineup and start you in game one? Um, you know, did, did that fuel your confidence? And then um, second part to that question is overall, what has it been like to, to play for drew Davis? Yeah. So as I said before, like the way that the season has gone, like playing for drew is like, he told us our first, first series of the year, he's just going to try to hit everyone, get everyone through the lineup, and he's going to pitch all of us, all three of us. And after we played the Mallards, I was leaving that series, and he was like, Sawyer, just to let you know, you're our number two pitcher now. And then he hit me against you guys. I got like a hit or two, and he was like, okay, you're going to hit at least one game series. Then we were playing Sailor, and there was, I think Drew was the only hit, and Sean walked once. And everyone else was like striking out against Sailor and stuff like that. And I think I grounded out three straight times and I flew out once, but Andrew just comes up and he's like, like, as I'm walking away, he just goes, Sawyer, uh, just to let you know, you're probably going to be hitting at least two games. And then Andy said that he wasn't going to be able to make it because he had football or he was at a wedding or something like that. So Drew tells me, <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was football like, wedding, so, one of those two, one of those two. And he just goes, Sawyer, me and you were hitting all three games. And then Sean and Barron, whoever hits the best out of those two is going to hit the third game. And it just, it carried from there. Another thing was uh, definitely Russell chirping like in my ear after that first at bat. So after the first at bat, uh, I had that ugly swing. I think Rudy and Russell both said something. And then I hit that home run and I was running around the bases and just having a good time, like getting hype as I usually do. Then the second game comes on, comes along. And I don't know what happened, but a pitch went by and Russell just goes, don't worry, guys, he's not going to hit it. And then I hit it and I say, what am I not going to hit? And he, <laughs> and he just looks at me and I'm, and he's like, oh, God, dude, you are you're something. <laughs> <laughs> and I and then he hits a homer off of me. He goes, I got all game with you, all that stuff. They crash hits another homer. I was like, okay, got to get out of this. So I got out of the inning. I walked off. 
I think we got another guy or two on base and I hit another and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta shut him up now. And I was like, I'm, I'm aiming to put this right above his head. Like I am aiming right (laughs) above his head that if, if I hit it anywhere else, I'd be disappointed. And I hit it right over his head and I'm running around the base and I just hear Drew ahead of me and he just yells at him, keep talking. Or he's like, talk more or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what's up now, bro? Let's go. (laughs) And and they did not talk for the rest of the game. Like they were not talking for the rest of that series. Then the next inning I come up, I think I get three outs. I think I walked one guy. Then the next inning comes. Kid's got a good memory. Got yeah. one hitter. I mean, I watched this video like 10 times. It was awesome. Oh boy. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Bask in the and, glory. Yeah. And I come into that inning and I'm like, okay, don't screw this up. Because it was gonna be, it was my first win, and I got like one, I got one, two, three, and Warda comes up to the plate, and I go to grip my drop because I threw him. I think it was like a full count, and I go to grip like my twelve six drop, and the grip that I had on that ball just did not feel right to me. It's like I might hang this, and I snapped it off, and I saw it, and I see it come down. It's almost in slow motion, and I see it hit the corner. I was like. Yeah, like screaming, <laughs> losing my mind. Drew Great comes feeling. up. I go, I go to high five Drew, and he just like picks me up and hugs me. Yeah, that's like the new Cobra Sally is Drew picking you up. I noticed. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I was like, like I was every time I did that, he just try, I was trying to shoulder bump him, and he just like picked me up and hugged me. <laughs> and then I was talking with like Darren and stuff about it, and he he told, and he told me that at the All Star game, Russ was trying was telling Baron that he was gonna try to get in my head. And Baron was telling me about that at KZU the Monday before the game. Oh, he's like, fueling the fire, baby. I was like, I was like, okay, that's not gonna happen. I'm- Russell's hearing this right now, just shaking his head if he's listening. Oh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Love you, and Russ. then <laughs> and that third game, it was more of like us just getting hyped. There wasn't really a lot of trash talk. I think either Ryan or Warda said something like, "Hey guys, we 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 gotta shut we gotta shut up." Um. And Cratch was pitching really good, and that's something that I definitely noticed is it was like he had two completely different arsenals for game one versus game three. Like he was throwing like three different pitches in the third game than he was throwing in the first, which was kind of tough to pick up on. And then coming in, I think I got a hit, Sean got a hit, and then Drew struck out. And I'm coming up, and I think it was just first pitch, and he quick, and I'm like, I'm swinging. Like, I, I'm going to strike out here. I'm going to get a hit. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. there's no in between. I'm not loading the bases. I'm, I'm going to walk it off here. And I hit it. I touch the base, and I see them bobble it. I'm like, crap. Like, mm-hmm. they might get the out here. And then I see them bobble it. And Sean touches home, and we just lose our minds. Like, mm-hmm. we that video where, like, there's a camera above our heads, like, Gus had. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, Gus had the phone. Uh, Gus had Drew's phone, and he sent it to the group chat that night. I probably watched that video, like, ten times. Like, that was so cool. Um, But, like, after that series, like, we, like, gave him high fives and stuff. I've never seen a team leave the field as quickly as they did. I mean, they were 7-2, and two and you just swept them. Yeah. <clears throat> it was, that was a huge series for you guys. And I will say that, um being a member of the predators and um you know i'm friends with all those guys too uh that was always kind of one of our plans when playing the cobras um was to to you know get a little bit more chirpy and chippy than mm-hmm. than most other games we just i don't know it's always it was it's always a rivalry with the predators and the cobras but 
Um, we felt that Drew at times was especially susceptible to maybe some trash talk, some lighthearted trash talk on the field. And this was kind of like the first game. I feel like the Cobras ever really as a team, but also, you know, had someone on their team to kind of like give it back even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you saw it in the Preds, like, like you said, Sawyer, they, uh, they kind of stopped talking and then game three, even though Cratch was low key thrown a gem for most of it. Uh, they, they, they well. just seemed deflated. They'd seem very deflated. Um, and it kind of like took the wind out of their sails. So, um, I mean, you, you obviously played well throughout the whole series and that had a dramatic impact on it. But, um, I think the sort of the game within the game played a large factor into, uh, completing the sweep for the Cobras because it just didn't seem like the predators had, had much energy out there in game three. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that Cratch has really been like hit like that all year long, starting right away in game one when Sawyer hit the three-run shot. So I think that was an adjustment for them. And a lot like the Eagles, Jack, that may be good for the Preds in the long run to face some adversity like that before. Because um, there's a very good chance that these teams could end up facing each other in the postseason. Um, as we know, it's the Wildcats, the Predators, and the Cobras. That seeding now is totally up in the air as we have the... Cobras at eight and four, Predators at seven and five, and the Wildcats at seven and five. So like it's anything can happen in the AL in terms of seeding. Who knows who'll get that one seed? But the these matchups will, will most likely happen again. And that'll be <laughs> there could be some bad blood on the field that day, if so. But Sawyer, before I let you go again, I wanted to make a comment about this specific play, and I didn't want to interrupt the conversation. Um, you mentioned that walk-off hit you had, Sawyer, and that was the ground ball up the middle with only one out, right? And I think this is a situation where, um, which I know, Sawyer, I guess you don't really have baseball experience either, but most of the Preds, besides Ryan, do not have any baseball experience whatsoever, right? And like that kind of plays into their favor. Like Alec has that aggressive base running tendency that like a lot of the traditional baseball guys don't have, all that kind of stuff. But this specific play, I felt like it hurt them. And I think had that ball, I've been, even with the bobble, but fielded cleanly especially, had the ball been directed straight towards home instead of trying to get that out at second base, there was a chance I think that Sean could have been thrown out there. Um, so that was only the second out of the inning at second base. And right away you hear Cratch going, cut me, cut me, like four, four, four. But Warda, like not having that um, in his head at the time, like is thinking, okay, I just step on second base and get the force out. Like not understanding the situation. I think that cost the Predators in that exact moment. I wanted to bring that um, to light. So just a cool little tidbit if you guys didn't notice that. I also wanted to say one more thing because like, I was like, he's not done, Gus, folks. Yeah, Gus, done. Sent, Gus sent me like this screenshot of like someone like went to the MLW Discord and wrote a whole paragraph about how like my trash talk and how it was like horrible and like completely wrong and stuff. And I just wanted to like address uh, this specific person. I'm not going to say like the username or whatever, but I'm a hockey player. And what I did in the Pred series. That is like beginner beginner level stuff. Like, <laughs> like I could have gone so much worse than what I did. And like as a like playing in hockey, like you get chirps all the time. And especially like for me, because I'm a center, I'm going up to faceoffs. The first thing I'm doing is I'm looking the other center in the eyes, and I'm gonna say something to rattle him. Mm-hmm. So that's the I think that it, in you. It, it's it's part of the game. And like I could have done so much worse. And you can't let people get into your head. So. I just like I just try to get in people's heads and I thought it was funny and I had so many DMs just going like it's about time we had someone on the Cobes who can back up the trash talk or something like that. <laughs> and I was like everyone I responded to, I was like, I think I just got lucky. 
Like yeah, that's kind of what I was saying before, though, Sawyer, because like uh, the Cobras have and Drew almost especially have, uh, it, it, you know, in years past kind of played the role of of being the villain in the league, I feel like. And um, but they never really had it, it like completed where they had someone who could, um, you know, back up the things that Drew was saying and sort of like buy into that villainous model, I guess. Um, like that sounds bad, but I think you guys both know uh, that that's not really a negative connotation. Like someone, someone's got to be the villain and it's not always the bad thing. And sometimes it works in your favor like it did in this game. Um, so I, I agree with, with the, some of those comments. It's nice to see that the mm-hmm. Cobes now have someone else that can, you know, help back them up in the smack yeah, talk. Yeah, a couple things. First of all, and this is, this is not personal Sawyer, but let's not get too excited. Everybody. This is just one series. Yes, Sawyer played phenomenal, and he backed up the trash talk, and it played out excellently, but this is only one series. Still a lot of ball to be played, not only this season, but the remainder of Sawyer's career. But I do see a bright, bright future, just seeing the adjustments he's made, knowing he plays in a lot of leagues. He's very dedicated, so I do think that Drew did a phenomenal job. Like I said, Drew, we mentioned this before, Jack. Drew's done a great job in these drafts. You can't deny it. Yes. Um, there There was a bad trade that we won't discuss that happened in 2020 before the draft was really like, established in this league, but Baranowski and Sawyer both are looking like great draft picks and the Cobras are really kind of coming into their own right now. They're eight and four. They're in first place right now by themselves. Control their own destiny for the one seed. Um I will say, however, that like Sawyer, not only your bat, but the pitching too is coming together. You're starting to be more confident. Um so everything's kind of working right now and it's it's beautiful to see. And moving into slate five, it's just it's gonna be some great wiffle ball. I can't wait. But congratulations Sawyer on a great series. Thank you. And yeah, for those who are saying the trash talk was, if you were against it, like Sawyer said, it was pretty, it's all fun, um, part of the game. And like, it's it's kind of like a funny story, right? Because you have Russell. Russell's like a guy who like loves the game of wiffle ball. He loves to compete. And he's also older, right? Like he's 23 years old or whatever. Where Sawyer's like the 17 year old kid, like the new kid who's, you know, heckling with him. It's like that, that relationship is funny now. And I'm, I hope that you guys play each other again so we can re-experience that, that friction. I, I really hope we do. Well, it's kind of like having like a little brother, right? Like you have the kid who's younger, but like he sometimes he starts, he grows up and he starts to beat you and then it irritates you, right? It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just funny. It'll be interesting. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see them play again. I know, I for totally sure. agree. But uh, thanks again, Sawyer, for joining us and sharing your thoughts on the series. Jack, you got any final comments on this one? Yeah, um, just lastly, what I wanted to say, you know, Sawyer obviously did a great job, um, but I, I still feel like, you know, I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago that uh, Baron has really done a great job for the Cobras this year and is is still somehow kind of flying under the radar, at least in my opinion. Uh, we saw Drew start to get him mixed in more at the plate. And he just continues to kind of confuse batters. I think you saw it in all the Predators. Warda didn't really have a great day against him. I think Cratch got around him a little bit, but um, Russell struggled for the most part. So uh, I just, you know, he's on the ra- he's on the radar watch. Uh, I think people should start giving him a little bit more credit. And, um, you know, it seems like the Cobras are in a good spot right now. So that's all I had on that, but. Yeah, I agree. They got a tough matchup. I guess you got two hot teams facing off in Slate 5 and in Vermont, by the way, Cobras and D-backs. That'll be a fun one. But uh, I'm looking forward to the future. Like I said, guys, it's going to be it's going to be a good last few weeks. I think of the regular season moving into the playoffs. So excited for that. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in this week. Let's go Lions. Big day today. NFL opener. Restore the roar. Restore Restore the the roar, roar. baby. Hey, we're, we're getting seven wins this year, guys. Seven wins. I'm telling you, seven wins. Let's go. But, all right, thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week.
All right. You good? I know I know we want to get into the segments and stuff like that, but this week with the trade and the series, I feel like it was just too much. And I don't want to talk for we, we no, got game, is a, it's game, game is time a, in five minutes, baby. This is action packed, dude. This yeah, is a good was, pod. This is pod. I feel like this one's gonna do really well. 